Hey, it is so, so good to, to see all of you. Uh, welcome to Evident Church. My name's Josh. If I haven't met you, I'm the lead pastor here. It is so, so good to be together. How are you doing, church? You doing good? All right, good. I am glad you're happy now. You may not be happy at the end of today's message. I'm glad you're happy at least to start it, all right? <laughs> you're like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, so we are starting a brand new series today uh, called From Stressed to Blessed. Sounds good, right? We all want that. Uh, It's a series, uh, three weeks we're going to be talking about three key commitments uh, regarding finances. And everyone's like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. Uh, What I want to challenge and encourage us to uh, is three simple things that if we will do these three simple things, um, I do believe by God's grace, we will go from being stressed in our finances to being blessed in our finances. And uh, I do believe that God um, wants something for you. Amen, church? That God is going to counsel us. He's going to challenge us. And it's for a reason. Uh, Here's what I know. As soon as a preacher starts talking about money, uh, we question motives, right? We question uh, what's going on. And I think that um, one of the challenges for you is to have an open mind, uh, not for what I say, but what God might say to you today uh, to challenge you in your finances. So I'll do my best to... Uh, preach God's word. Uh, you do your best to be open to what God is saying. Does that, does that sound like a deal? Um, I think we all come in with some preconceived answers already. Well, my situation can never change, or um, God doesn't know what's going on, but God does. And uh, God is going to give us some wisdom today that I want to encourage you to embrace. Um, it goes against the grain of our culture. God's wisdom is different than the wisdom of our culture. And uh, God has something I think he wants to say. Um, So let's just take a minute and uh, ask him to speak to us. Let's pray. Father, I pray that um, you'd help help each of us to check our heart posture today. And myself included. I pray that we would um, humble ourselves before you and that we would say, God, whatever you have to say, uh, we want to listen. God, we know that you love us. We know that you have a good plan for our lives. And uh, I thank you that you are a personal God, that you can speak to each one of us in this room uniquely and personally today. And so we ask, we invite, um, we depend on you to do that by your grace. Um, Holy Spirit, um, have reign in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, amen. Well, today, uh, what I want to challenge is I want to challenge um, kind of a cultural myth, and that is that debt is normal. Now, in all fairness, uh, in our culture, debt is normal, (laughs) right? Uh, I don't know too many people that don't have debt of some kind, but I think that we've been sold uh, a bill of goods that says you need debt, or that debt is the only way that you can survive. And I just want to challenge that assumption today. Um, I just want to portray an idea that I think God has a better plan and that we don't have to rely on debt. And I want to challenge you to make one commitment today, and this is the commitment that I'm going to challenge you to make. I want to challenge you to commit to attack and uh, pay off all consumer debt. I know that may seem like a crazy thing to challenge. Uh, Consumer debt could be defined as um, uh, car loans, um, credit card debt, um, student loans um, could be even considered a mortgage. But I want to challenge you to attack that and to get inside of your spirit 
um, a desire that says, I'm not going to allow debt to control my life. Um, I don't know a single person who wants debt, right? Can we all be on the same page with that? Like, I don't know a single person who's like, oh, more debt, please. <laughs> right? We don't want it, um, but why are so many of us strapped by it? So I want to challenge that. I want to encourage you to allow God to push on this area. And I may be like the trainer at the gym. You guys may not like me for a little while, and I'm okay with that. God and I are okay with that because um, uh, I, I care about you enough to challenge you with some things I think will be helpful for you. So please allow yourself to be challenged today. Sound good, church? Yeah. Uh, Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, God doesn't want us to be conformed to the way that the world thinks. And what the world thinks about debt is that debt is normal. I refuse to accept and believe that debt has to be a part of my life. I refuse to accept that. And I want to challenge you to, to, to refuse that as well. Um, I want to tell you a quick story. Um, when I was in like third or fourth grade, uh, I went to Garfield Elementary School in Port Huron, Michigan, and we are the Garfield Gators. I can still picture the green shirt with a gator on the front of it. And... Uh, Right around the corner from uh, our house, we lived really close to the school. I'd walk to school, and on my way home from school, there was what used to be a gas station that, that was now, as far as I knew, all they sold was candy. They probably sold other stuff. <laughs> That's all that was on my radar was candy. And so I would go in there, and I would pick out what I wanted, you know, some Starbursts and some Tootsie Rolls and some Airheads, and I would plop it all on the counter, and then I'll pull up the change from my pocket, I had no idea how much it was in my pocket. I would pull it out and just like set it on the counter and just wait, right? <laughs> and like hope, like, is that good? Like, is that good? Are we good? <laughs> you know? And the guy would like count it out and, you know. Uh, so eventually though, right, uh, eight-year-old Josh has to grow up, right? Eight-year-old Josh can't keep handling the money uh, in my life. Does this make sense? Forty-year-old uh, Josh, or to be honest, 41-year-old Josh, uh, needs to take charge of the finances. And at some point, we need to grow. We need to mature, right? And I want to challenge you to do that today, that you can take control of your finances with God's help and not live a stressed life, but you can trust God and you can experience his blessing in your life. Does that sound good to anybody? Yeah. All right, to three of you, it'll be, you'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> um, I think our story, uh, just real quickly about my family, I'm married, I'm um, I have a beautiful, amazing wife, and we have three uh, beautiful daughters. I think like most families, you know, we had a little bit of debt as we were starting out. Actually, I'll be honest with you, I had some credit card debt uh, from college. My wife was a rock star. She had zero debt when we got married. You guys know, if you know my wife, you know she's a rock star anyway. So, um, so we were like any normal family. We used credit cards to kind of pay our bills. And then at the end of the month, uh, we thought we were scamming the system. We'd pay it off completely, not carry a balance and not pay interest. Uh, but still had those frustrations and struggles of, I don't know if we're getting ahead. I don't know if we're doing okay. I don't know if we can afford this. We're just doing it. We're just living life. At the end of the month, if we can pay the bill, great. But there's still so much stress and frustration around that. You just feel like you're barely keeping your head above water. You guys understand the imagery? It's like you're treading water, just like, I don't know. And like some months you can take a breath, some months you can't take a breath. That is a horrible way to live. It's so stressful. 
Just think of how many marriages are torn apart because of the stress of finances. Is it really worth it, right? Think about how many people um, you know, even come to the point of contemplating suicide over their financial situations. I just want to encourage us and give us hope today that God has a different plan. Amen, church? That God wants to fill us with hope. Um, Romans 13, verse 8. Encourages, says, let, let no what? What is the word? Let no debt, debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. And now this verse is not explicitly just to- only talking about money, but it's pretty clear, right? And let no debt. Like if you owe somebody something, pay it off. I think sometimes one of the challenges, if I owed a person money, I would be like, I want to pay that person back. I don't want to owe anybody anything. But if it's, if it's a corporation or a business, somehow that feels different to me. I want that, though, to feel the same way, that let no, don't owe anybody anything except the debt to love one another. Proverbs 13, 7 describes our culture very well. One person pretends to be rich, which is what debt, right, debt living, right? yet has nothing. Another person pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Um, I want to share a few stories and some things to kind of highlight. You guys know, but I just want to, these are kind of interesting stories. So in, the, in early 1972, a guy by the name of Walter Kavanaugh um, placed a bet with his buddy. He said, I bet that I can accumulate more credit cards than you in one month. So they bet a steak dinner. And at the end of this month, um, Walter won the bet, and he had accumulated uh, 143 active credit cards in one month's period of time. His friend accumulated 138. And uh, so Kavanaugh uh, decided to take this experiment even further. So for the next 30 years, he decided to see how many credit cards he could accumulate. And he's now in the Guinness Book of World Records with over 1,400 credit cards. <laughs> if he wanted to, he could charge up to $1.7 million. Right? Crazy. Now, there's some things that used to happen with credit cards that are now illegal, but uh, in 1966, several Chicago banks uh, teamed up together and decided to mail 5 million credit cards to random people who hadn't even asked for them. And so uh, people got credit cards who didn't even ask for them. Um, Some households received up to 15 credit cards from the same bank. Um, Dead people got credit cards. Uh, babies got credit cards. Uh, true story, even a dog named Alice was sent uh, not one, but four cards, uh, one of which arrived with this promise that Alice would be welcomed as, one of, as a preferred customer at one of the many area Chicago restaurants. <laughs> right? That's crazy. Um, overall, please, this, this is crazy. Overall, Americans right now, cre- total credit card indebtedness for Americans is just under $1 trillion, $890 billion. What that means is that if you were alive, if you were alive when Jesus was born, and you spent a million dollars every day from then until now, you still wouldn't hit $1 trillion. That's how much indebtedness Americans have um, to credit cards. Uh, the average American household is anywhere between ten dollars and $15,000 um, and credit card debt. I don't have to convince you that, you know, that debt is a problem. I do want to challenge you that in your own life you'd get frustrated with debt to the point where you will do something about it. I do believe that debt is like carrying a burden. It's like carrying a weight. 
And, once, and it's usually only once you don't have that weight that you realize how much that burden was costing you. Um, Christian, Christian financial expert Joel Sangle, Joe Sangle, in one of his books, he says, Debt is the single greatest cause of stress and financial problems. I think it's probably true. If you would imagine if all of your debt was eliminated, how would you feel right now? Like, whew, right? You'd walk in here feeling a little bit lighter if you had no debt. Would you agree with this? Imagine what it would be like to not have any debt. Imagine what that would feel like. Imagine what that would be like to have no debt. Um, Joe Sangle, in his book, he continues to say, he says, um, he's never had anybody say to him, Joe, I obtained a credit card, I ran it up as high as I could, and all my dreams came true. <laughs> Nobody ever says that. Nobody ever says that. Um, somebody pointed out to me after the first service today about most of the credit card commercials, they say all these amazing, amazing things you can do. You know, this lady gets a card and she goes out and buys dinner for all of her friends and she gets her hair done and she buys the perfect outfit and then the commercial ends right there. The commercial needs to go another couple frames, doesn't it, when she gets the bill in the mail and she recognizes, oh shoot, what am I going to do? I can't afford this. They don't show that part. They don't show that part. Debt is not your friend. Debt is not your friend. So what I want to do is look at a couple verses from Proverbs chapter, chapter 6. You can open up your Bibles we want to get God's wisdom. What does God say? Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Uh, it challenges us with this. It says, My son, you can insert daughter, if you put up security for your neighbor, um, if you've shaken hands and pledge for a stranger, it's talking about co-signing for debt. It could also be about personal debt. You've trapped your, and if you've been trapped by what you said, ensnared by the words of your mouth, so do this, my son, to free yourself. Everybody say, free yourself. Since you've, been, since you've fallen into the hand, your neighbor's hands, go to the point of exhaustion. Give your neighbor no rest. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of a hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Everybody say, wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. How long will you lie there, you sluggard? When will you get up from your sleep? You guys have all probably heard this before. Your parents said this to you when you were sleeping in one day. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. What does it say? And poverty will come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. I think if we could summarize these verses, it's going to tell us a couple of things. Um, it's going to tell us in order to get out of debt, you're going to have to work at it. People oftentimes fall into debt, but I've never heard of anybody falling out of debt. If you're going to get out of debt, if you're going to set yourself free, it's going to take some work. Look at verse 3. It says, So do this, my son, to free yourself, since you've fallen into your ha neighbor's hands. Go, what does it say, to the point of exhaustion. Work at it. Work at it. So here's a couple of observations from this, this text. If we're going to get out of debt, number one, I want to challenge you to humble yourself. We have to admit that this isn't healthy for us. We are stressed. You have to humble yourself and change your lifestyle and be disciplined 
I remember uh, growing up as a kid, my dad was a pastor, and I remember being so embarrassed walking in McDonald's, and my dad would pull out his handful of change and start counting out change to pay for food at McDonald's. Anybody else? have Any, any parents? No, just me? Okay. A few of you? All right, great. It's, yeah, very lonely up here. Okay. <laughs> um, but I was like, Dad, this is embarrassing. What are we doing? And I realized that it's not that we didn't have money, but it's that my parents were living a disciplined life. They were living a frugal life. And you know what? My dad didn't care what other people thought about him. That's huge when it comes to financial uh, freedom, isn't it? To not care what other people think about you. And so when I go to McDonald's these days with my girls, they're like, Dad, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm my dad. I pull out the handful of change just like my dad, right? And uh, it's, it's amazing. It's crazy. But you're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to humble yourself if you're going to find a different way to do it. Number two, I want to challenge you. You're going to have to live, develop a frugal lifestyle. A frugal lifestyle. It's not a word that we use very often these days, is it? You don't see any Visa commercials saying, live the frugal lifestyle. <laughs> but you have to ask yourself, what could you eliminate from your life? What could you eliminate from your lifestyle? Larry Burkett uh, challenges with this thought. Uh, many people spend the first five to seven years of their marriage trying to attain the same standard of living that it took their parents 35 years to acquire. And the way that we do it is how? Through debt. We do it through debt. Then number three, we'll use uh, the King James to make it seem more spiritual, but the challenge is to get off thy buttocks. <laughs> to get off thy buttocks. This passage is challenging us to work hard. It's not going to be easy. Financial uh, discipline is hard, amen, church? It's difficult, but it's worth it. Think about the blessing you can be to your family and future generations if you, are, if you manage your money well. You can leave an inheritance to your kids, right? Think about the difference you can make on the kingdom of God if you manage your resources well, right? God is advancing his kingdom, church, and he's looking for men and women to use their resources to advance that kingdom with him, amen, church? That we live for a greater and higher calling than going to Starbucks or buying something that everybody else has, amen, church? Now, we can enjoy all of that stuff, but we're being challenged to think of something greater and bigger, to get off thy buttocks and to do something about it. Look at the intensity in verses 9 through 11. How long will you lie there? How long will you continue to rest? Now, I think most of us work pretty hard, but we may not work very hard at our stewardship and discipline of resources. Um, so we're going to get super practical for a few minutes. Some of this is going to sound like parts uh, Dave Ramsey, parts Bible, part you know Pastor Josh, but whatever works, uh, take what works and help, helps you. So we're going to do this. We're going to form a financial committee. We're going to help you get out of debt. So picture Dave Ramsey, Jesus, and your grandma uh, form a financial committee to sit down and give you advice about how to get out of debt. You guys tracking with me so far? All right. So the three of them get together, and they're going to give you a plan to get, to, to get out of debt. So here's the first thing that they would tell you to do. They would sit down with you, and they would tell you, number one, stop going into debt. Right? Yep. If you're going to try to get out of debt, the only way to do that is to stop going into debt. Stop using debt vehicles to operate your life. 
Stop going into debt. Um, they would sit down at your kitchen table. They would turn your oven up to 350 degrees. They would take all of your credit cards, ouch, and they would throw them in the oven and roast them. Right? The only way to get out of debt is to stop going into debt. Well, maybe you think like me and you're smarter than the system. I was smarter than the system. And so we would use our credit card to earn points. Now, I'm sure no one else does this. We'd earn points, and we were scamming the system, so we thought, right? We'd pay it off every month. We'd just take their points and run. They're smart, okay? Why would they allow you to do that? They're still making money off of people like that. Uh, MIT recently did a, a study. Here's what they found, that people who use credit cards versus cash spend 12 to 18% more than if they just used cash. So credit card companies and companies know if they can use credit cards, they will spend more and buy more. McDonald's knows that their order almost doubles for people who are using card versus using cash. The average order with credit card is $7. The average order with cash, this is my dad, is $4.50. All right? They know that if people use credit cards, they will spend more money. That's what we thought. We thought we were doing good, but we were challenged to get rid of our credit cards. And we did. Four years ago, almost five years ago, we cut them up. And we shriveled away and died. We couldn't survive any longer. No, that's not true. It works. It's okay. It's okay. I think, and this is just going to be challenging, and that's okay. I think that many of us trust in Visa more than we trust in God. Just being honest. It's a security blanket for us. It really is. But it's a trap. It's not helping us. <clears throat> Number two, here's what Grandma, Jesus, and Dave Ramsey would tell us. You guys ready? They would, save, they would say, tell you to save $1,000 as fast as you can. If you don't have an emergency fund, they would say you need an emergency fund. Why? Because an emergency is going to happen. If you don't have an emergency fund, what will you do? You will use, de- you'll use credit, uh, you'll use debt, right, to handle the emergency If you're going to get out of debt, you need a buffer as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. This is not a Disney fund. It's not a Disney fund. It's not. It's not a Disney fund. This is, sorry, we we know each other really well. (laughs) It's like, I'm never coming back to this church again. The pastor's like pointing at people, taunting them. (laughs) Uh, But this is something you put away and do not touch. That's a starter baby emergency fund. That's what they would say. Because if you don't have that, you will use debt to handle the next emergency. And guess what? The next emergency is going to happen. It's not unexpected. When it happens is unexpected, right? But the fact that it's going to happen is expected. Your car is going to need new tires. right? Your house is going to need a new roof. These things will happen. Let's, let's, let's take the uh, eight-year-old Josh and... Say goodbye, graduate him, and move up. Okay. Um, number, th- number three is this. They would encourage you to tithe. One of the first things people do when they say they're going to get out of debt is they stop giving. And that is a terrible idea, and here's why. The reason many of us get into debt in the first place is that God is not in control of our finances. We're trying to do it on our own. But when we trust God with the, with the first tenth of our, of our finances, God's creativity and God's wisdom is activated in our lives. Amen, church? 
If you want to invite and ask God, God, help me with my finances, the beginning place, say, God, I trust you, and to keep doing that. Number four is this. It's something called the debt snowball. But what you're going to do is you're going to list out all of your debts from smallest to greatest and try to pay off the smallest one as quickly as possible. The reason you're doing the smallest one is because you need a W. You need a W in the, in the win column, right? Because you look at your debts, it's like, oh, this is impossible. But if you start having some momentum and paying those things off, you take what you paid off for the first one and roll that. You don't throw a party yet, okay? Don't go to Disney yet. Uh, you take that payment and you roll that into the next one and keep paying off all of your debts until they are eliminated. It starts building momentum. It's called the debt snowball. Number five, you're going to love me for this one. Create a budget. Create a monthly budget. Create a monthly budget. I know what you're, I know what you're feeling right now. I know what you're thinking right now. It's like the, like the, like the bad word in church is budget. But let me just tell you, the feeling of feeling stressed, not knowing can we afford this, is not fun, is it? But the feeling of knowing, hey, we can afford this and do something guilt-free, that's fun. That's good. Develop a budget. Um, John Maxwell says a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it all went. You need to ask God for discipline. It's hard it's difficult. Husbands and wives, you need to be on the same page. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. You need to work together. You need to work together. You can use a good old-fashioned envelope system. You can use an Excel spreadsheet. You can write things out on a handwritten form. Do whatever it takes. There's some good online resources. Let me tell you, um, let me ask you this question. Don't answer this out loud. Let me ask this question. When was the last time you developed and stuck to a monthly budget. Don't answer that out loud, but when was the last time you developed and stuck to a monthly financial plan? See, for many of us, if we hired a financial advisor that here's all my money, manage my money for me, if they manage our money the way that we manage the money God has given us, we would fire that financial advisor. If I gave $1,000 to the bank and said, here, manage this for me, and I come back a month later, and they're like, yeah, we have 750 of it, but the other 250 we don't really know what happened to it. You know, here you go. Like, we'd be like, no, I'm not banking with you anymore. But when was the last time you made a financial plan and managed the money God's given to you really, really well, right, and stuck to it? But you can do this, church. You can do it. By God's help and God's grace, you can do this. Let me tell you a quick scenario, a quick story for us. Um, so my wife and I started doing something like this about four years ago, and every month before the month, we sit down and we actually write out a handwritten uh, budget. And uh, so we did this just a few days ago for February. And in the budget, we put everything has a, as a job, everything has, you know, maybe it's saving, maybe it's uh, entertainment money for dates, like it's balance, Valentine's month, right? We're going to go on a date together, so we budget money for that. And um, So December comes. Um, we wanted to go to Blake's to get a Christmas tree. One of our family traditions is a real Christmas tree um, every Christmas. How many are real Christmas tree kind of people? Not many of you, all right, uh, but a few of you, all right? And uh, sometimes people don't do that because it's super expensive, right? 
Uh, so there's two different scenarios uh, that this could go. If, if we hadn't set a budget, if we hadn't planned, here's how the scenario would go. We would say, hey, let's go to Blake's and get a Christmas tree. I would immediately start thinking about the cost, right? Like knowing how much it's going to cost, feeling stressed about that. We'd all get in the car with our happy faces on and drive to Blake's. And we'd get out. I would immediately see the sign that says, this type of tree, this much money, right? We'd get on a little wagon ride, go out and find a tree, and my wife would inevitably find the most expensive tree. It's a Fraser fir. It's nine feet tall. It's going to cost you $5 million, you know? And so instead of enjoying the, the moment of buying a Christmas tree, we're stressed about finances. Then we'd go back to the little shopping area, and we're not done yet, are we? Because at Blake's, then what else is there? There's donuts and there's cider. And instead of being joyful and exp- enjoying the moment with family, it'd be like, fine, get some donuts and cider. I'm going to go sit in the car, right? <laughs> and so that's how the typical scenario would go. But if we're living by a plan... We know that December is coming, and Christmas happens to be in December again. We're like, hey, we want to buy a Christmas tree. We're going to budget for that. We're going to make a plan for that. So here's $100, right? We can fit it within our plan. It fits within our budget. We're going to say no to some other things so we can do this. We pull out $100 cash. We go to Blake's. I'm like, yeah, get that tree looks amazing. I'm not thinking about the money because we planned for it. We go get some donuts and cider, and I don't think about the money because it's like, here's 30 bucks, buy all the donuts and cider you want, right? Up to $30, but have fun, you know? <laughs> and uh, and it's, it's a completely different experience than the other type of experience. It is worth it. It is worth it. It's guilt-free. It's stress-free. We're not fighting about it. We can enjoy the donuts and cider in our beautiful tree, all right? If budgeting can be such a great blessing. I want to challenge you to do something like that. Number six, I'm going to challenge us to live on beans and rice, to get frugal, to ask yourself, how can I cut? How can I live differently to reduce the stress? Every year, some things that I do, um, we shop and rebid as much as we possibly can. A couple categories would be uh, auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, um, cell phone bill, um, internet. Anybody else's internet bills keep creeping up every single month? So you, you get it like 50 bucks, and before you know it, it's like, $500 for my internet? What happened? Uh, so we, we, we call and rebid that every single um, year, however we, we can. One year in particular, I called around, spent a couple of hours in an afternoon calling around for auto insurance. And with just a few phone calls, we switched companies and saved $100 a month on auto insurance. No, it's not, but it could be. It doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but if you add that up, $1,200 for the year, that's a big deal. That's a lot of Christmas trees, right? That's... Uh, and then we, I made some more calls, and so that, that, those couple hours alone saved us $2,400 that year. There's not too many things you can do to earn $2,400 in a couple hours. Most of those are illegal, whatever they are, all right? <laughs> it's worth a couple hours of phone calls to do that. Um, just to let you in a little bit more, um, we have, now we have a, a third uh, phone. My wife and I have, um, all, we have three phones. Um, all three phones have unlimited data, unlimited text, all that fun stuff. Um, we pay $70 a month flat for, for all three of our phones. Uh, I know a person. If you, if you need to, to I'll, I'll hook you up, okay? But that's something that we shop, okay? We look at how can we save money? How can we be diligent with what God has given to us? Because we want to bless our family. We want to bless the kingdom of God. It's not easy, uh, but it's part of what we do. My wife has a list of all the places we can go where kids eat free. 
Uh, you can get this list for $5.99, all right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so if it's Monday, we look at the list, and if we're going to go out to eat, we go to that place, all right? And uh, oftentimes it's one adult meal per free kid meal, so if we happen to invite you to come eat with us, it might be because we're trying to offset our three kids, okay? But uh, just consider it an honor anyway, so... <laughs> Um, but, but we do all kinds of crazy things to live frugally. Number seven, uh, maybe there's a way you can get a part-time job um, to increase your debt snowball. Uh, one summer, it wasn't fun, one summer when we were working to get out of debt, uh, I spent the summer as a landscaper. And every time I was shoveling mulch or shoveling dirt or pulling weeds, I was like, I'm paying my debts. <laughs> I'm paying off my debts. This isn't worth it per hour if I think of it in any other terms, but I am paying my debts. I'm paying my debts. And uh, before long, we were able to pay off uh, what we owed in our orange sports van. Uh, And we continued to pay that same payment to ourselves so that the next time a vehicle purchase came around, uh, we'd be able to do that. And I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying it's doable. It's doable, okay, church? It is, oh, it's doable. Now, I know for us, we have other financial challenges coming up. My prayer has been uh, that Jesus would come back. That's been my financial plan. That's not a good financial plan. I realize that. Uh, we have three daughters, and at some point, you know, Lord willing, we'll have three weddings. You know, and we've got braces, and we have college, and we have other seasons, but we're preparing for those, right? We're, we're anticipating those. And those will not be easy seasons, but by God's grace, he will help us to work through those. Um, number eight, lastly, is this. Uh, would challenge us to pray for creativity and wisdom. The fact is, you need to make this a, a matter of daily prayer. And if you ask for creativity and ideas and the energy to attack your financial debts, watch what happens. When you ask God to get involved, watch what he empowers you to do. You may not believe that you can, But with God's help, you can. With God, all things are possible. Amen, church? That's part of my job today as I've been praying about this day. I feel like God's just telling me, Josh, just encourage them. Just encourage them. They can do it. It's it's possible. It's possible. I just want to challenge you not to accept the cultural norm of the weight of debt. Just think about how your marriage could be different if you weren't fighting about finances. Just think about how your family could be different if that wasn't something you stressed about. And I'm just determined, part of what happened in my heart a couple of years ago as we went through uh, a financial peace class was um, I just finally felt empowered and determined I'm not going to let finances run my family. I'm not going to let Um, my mismanagement or my inability or my lack of discipline to run our household and to cause us stress. Does this make sense? I want to challenge you to get angry. Uh, Think of what financial stress is robbing you and robbing your family of and commit to, to get out of that. Commit by God's grace to do whatever it takes to do something different for you and for your family. So that's the commitment. I commit to attack and pay off all of my consumer debt. And Ray Lynn and I are very thankful. I have an amazing wife. Um, she helps me do this. Uh, we do a cash envelope system. Every month we pull out what we need for that month, uh, groceries, uh, eating out. So if you ask us to go eat out with you at the end of the month, 
We may say, hey, can we do that the first of next month? <laughs> Depending how the month has gone. Uh, but she is such a great partner to me. Um, she is such a great help, and I love her commitment to that. I'm so thankful for her. And by God's grace, uh, the debt that we have right now is our home. And uh, I know the maturation date of our mortgage, uh, July 2031. And I'm eyeing that date like a hawk. Uh, we are going to keep working and working and working because we're not going to let debt keep us from anything that God wants us to do. Amen, church? I want to encourage you with the same exact thing. A couple pieces of help. Um, if you need some financial coaching or accountability or encouragement, um, one, one book I would encourage you to read. I'm not a Dave Ramsey, you know, uh, I don't have a man crush on Dave Ramsey or anything, but a uh, great helpful book, uh, Total Money Makeover. Um, he's got lots of free stuff on a podcast that he does. Uh, you can sign up online for Financial Peace University. It's a several-week class you can go through. Another uh, cool thing that we do here at Evident, um, we have a great financial team, great stewardship team. They would be glad to meet with you and do financial coaching. Um, you can email accounting at evidentchurch.com. They will sit down with you. They'll help you develop a budget. Um, they'll help you come up with a plan. Um, and whatever your situation is, uh, they'll give you some guidance. I would encourage you to reach out. And then I want to challenge you to come the next two weeks. We've got two more key commitments uh, that will help us move from stress to blessed. Does that sound good, from stress to blessed? Uh, sounds good to me. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand with me as we close. Band, you guys can go ahead and, and head on up. Everybody take a breather. Take a deep breath, right? Our theme for 2020, uh, can you guys help me out? What's our theme for 2020? Hope, right? Uh, see, our hope is in, uh, not in ourselves. Our hope is in Jesus. And we had a debt that we couldn't pay. And that's our sin. That our debt, our sin debt separates us from a holy God. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Amen, church? And that he paid that debt. And uh, I do believe that if he can handle that debt, he can handle the dollars and cents in my life as well. Right? If he can handle my eternal salvation, big deal, he can handle my financial stress and yours too. And I just believe that by his power and his strength, he will empower you. Here's our verse for the year, Romans 15, 13. Would you guys say this out loud with me with some conviction? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let's pray. God, I thank you so much that your word reveals to us that our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in you. Our strength is in you. God, your wisdom is far beyond the wisdom of this world. God, please help us to realize that. Your wisdom, God, is way better. It supersedes the wisdom of this world. God, please transform us by the renewing of our minds. We do not have to live in debt. We can live free. God, thank you for wanting this for us. Thank you for helping us. And God, thank you for the greatest debt payment that ever took place, and that is the debt payment of our sin. God, that we are set free, that we are saved when we place our trust in your son, Jesus. Help us to live in that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.